welcome to the Destiny Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. What have you learned about prophecy? believe that for you? Yeah? Yeah. Good. <laughs> Have it yourself. What have you learnt about prophecy? Or what is it that's really catching hold for you? Yeah, that it's not a miraculous thing, but just hearing God's voice and then saying it to others and everybody can hear God's voice so everybody can prophesy. Okay. And there are different ways to hear from him. And yeah. So how do you hear from him, Tim, Tim, give you pictures or speak to you through things you see. And does he do that to you? Yeah. 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 Which comes more natural, pictures or words? Pictures. Pictures. Yeah. So you often get a picture. Yeah. So do you know how to prophesy with a picture? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. so how would you do it? You get a picture. Let's say you got a picture of a bike for me. How would you prophesy a picture of a bike for me? I would just try to listen what God wants to say through the bike to me. Okay. Because if I make up my own stuff, it could be right, but I could be wrong. Right. So you don't like making up stuff? Yeah, it's not that easy for me with prophecy, always with making my own stuff up and maybe it could be God even if I make my own stuff up. So are you looking for the perfect word from God? I don't know. I'm just not that... Um, it's hard for me to say um, that it was God. So okay. that's my problem with prophecy. I'm just pushing you a little bit, because um, it's a difficult balance we have. We feel at times that surely it should be God's word and pure from God. Yet Paul says things like, we look in a mirror dimly. Really meaning that we don't get everything, we don't get all of the insight. And as I talk today, you'll discover that it's partly you, partly me, and partly the person that you're prophesying over, partly God, we all combine into this thing called prophecy. And one of the things that you have to let go of is that it's going to be perfectly pure from God. Because unfortunately, it's not going to be. All right? Even the best prophets don't prophesy perfectly pure. Do you believe me? Do you believe me? Yeah. I'd ask again. Do you believe me? Yeah. Because if that's true and you believe me, then you can actually prophesy no problem at all making it up. Because God will use your you. It says we have the mind of Christ. Have you got the mind of Christ? 
Perfect then. What else do you need? So that's what I'm just going to try and get to us today, is to realise, actually, what we're beginning, what we're thinking is making up, actually is beginning to learn to flow with Holy Spirit. And the more we practice, the more we pick up and hear and respond to what the Holy Spirit's doing. But in the beginning, we often have to just start with, I think God would like to say, and you start at that point. Okay? So all I'm doing today is talking about how do I give a prophecy and how do I receive one? All right? And it's important that we learn both sides. So receive is, uh, if God is saying something. Uh, no, I mean, if I say I was prophesying okay. to you. Okay. So how do you receive that prophecy? What do you do with it? How do you cope with it? Okay? Now, if I'm um, speaking too fast for you, or I say things that you don't understand, because it's English and I've got an accent, just stop me and ask, all right? There's no problem at all with that. So we better get started, haven't we? I would if I could get the thing to work. There we go. Okay. What's our motivation for prophesying? I think that's really what it comes to down to the beginning how to give a prophecy is you know what's my motivation how am I what's behind why I want to do this and you know love is the key loving people loving them loving God loving each other loving ourselves love is that thing that holds it all together uh, and makes it real okay we're not trying to become uh, this expert in giving exact words from God to people, we're actually becoming lovers of them. Right? So Jesus saw people restored to their original design. That's where he started from. He, you know, there was a group of people, Nicodemus up a tree, um, you know, I'm going to come to your house today, Nicodemus. He sees Nicodemus as God intended him, not as the guy that's, you know, stealing money, um, causing all sort of issues in that community he sees the person complete so God's original intention as though they had fully said yes to his invitation but haven't actually done it yet so that's how he treats them and that's how we're to treat people as if they're fully totally in what God wants for them and we're going to speak into their hearts about God's intention for their life he didn't treat them as he hoped they would be one day. He treated them as if they were already there. And that's important because otherwise we are going to, we're treating people with this, oh, if only you could be better. No, it's like Jesus looks at them, their heart, and sees exactly what God wants for them. The real purpose of prophecy is to tie you into your eternal calling. So when you prophesy a person, you're tying them into what God has for their life. right? Not the choices they're making at the moment, but what God has for their life. And it empowers the nature of God in them. That's what we're doing. Um, I got the chance to prophesy over a lady uh, at the weekend. And the words that we had for her were tying her into her destiny with God. Right? just calling that out into her life and she was incredibly encouraged to hear what God's got for her life prophecy helps people see that they are not just runners in a race but they're worthy of first place right helps them realize gosh 
God loves me. I remember when I went to Toronto one of the times, um, we were stood on a, a line for ministry, and I was saying, oh God, if you could just say to me that you are proud of me. If only you could say you are proud of me. I really, really would be so pleased to hear that you are proud of me. Guy coming, walking down the line, walking down, walking down, walking down the line, stops in front of me, looks at me and says, I'm very proud of you. It just spoke to my heart. Here was my father saying to me, I am proud of you, son. All right? And, you know, it just changes your life when you realize that God's just speaking to you for that you've completed the race. Do you know what I mean? Chris Vallotton puts it like this. True prophetic ministry looks for gold in the midst of the dirt in people's lives. Okay? He's not searching for the dirt and bringing that out. He's searching for the gold that's in their life. That's an important aspect to remember. Because as you grow in the prophetic ministry, you will discern things in people's lives. You will discern the dirt in them. Don't call the dirt out. It's not what Jesus would do. He would call out the gold, that which is of God in their life. He would call it out. Okay? Um, it says in 1 Corinthians 14, and you'll have heard this before now, but he that prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort for men. And the Amplified puts it like this. But, he, but the one who prophesies speaks to people for their edification. That is to promote their spiritual growth. So that's one aspect. You're going to promote their spiritual growth. And speaks encouragement to uphold and advise them concerning matters of God. Okay? So you're encouraging them in, the, in what they're doing. And then words of consolation to compassionately comfort them. And we all need that compassionate comfort at times. You need that word of a loving father into your heart that just makes you feel at rest again. So as I said, as Christians, you're going to discern motives of people's lives, you know, or unhealthy patterns in what they're doing, or, uh, you know, greed or manipulation. All these aspects you can discern within them. And your opinion and perspective can also affect the way that you prophesy. And social media can also affect the way that you prophesy. And you need to learn to be careful about these things. Um, so let me give you an example of that. In this country, probably about, it might be eight years ago now, um, a young girl uh, disappeared. I think her name was Maddie. Uh, it was in, the family had taken, them, taken her on holiday to Portugal. Um, and overnight, the girl disappears. Of course, it's a terrible, sad thing. Um, the police investigation, the fears that the girl had been killed or been kidnapped, uh, and they couldn't find the girl. So you, you get all of this going on. You listen to all of the media. You know, it's on the news every day. It's in the newspapers. You see it happening. And I remember being so concerned for that family, so concerned for the mum and dad and the way that they were possibly... Um, being affected by this, I started to pray. Lord, please could we find Maddie? Please could we bring some insight as to what's going on? And as soon as I prayed this, I heard the Holy Spirit say, um, mother and father involved in the disappearance of their daughter. 
So I immediately I knew it. It was a mum and dad who did it. Following day, the mum and dad were arrested for um, they believed the police believed that they had actually uh, killed their daughter, and they were in prison, well not prison, but uh, in custody for I think probably about two weeks. And all of this is going on, and here am I thinking, I'm the great prophet, I've heard God, I've had insight into this situation, and I've been praying that, uh, and it was, it became, the day after became clear that mum and dad had done it. Now actually, the mum and dad were cleared of the event. They weren't involved with the daughter's disappearance, and unfortunately the daughter still, we still don't know what happened to the daughter all these years later. And what I realized was that, yes, I had got insight from the Holy Spirit, the mum and dad involved with the um, disappearance of the daughter. But really it was an insight to pray for the mum and dad because what the insight was, they're about to be arrested wrongly for this event and you need to pray. But because of media and because of what was going on and all the way I was filtering it through my mind, I came to a conclusion that wasn't right. And so when you're prophesying, you have to be aware of that there can be influences on you on the way that you prophesy. And history about people, or it might be the the person that um, you're going to prophesy over, you know has a very bad character. And you start to respond by saying, I don't want to prophesy over that person. Um, I don't know whether you've started reading Sean Boltz's book yet, but in there, he has a wonderful example of being asked to go and pray over a, a prophesy over a dictator in South America. And he said, I don't want to go. This is a bad guy. Why would I want to go and prophesy over a bad guy? And the Holy Spirit prompted him that every person is loved by God. Every person. He went and he asked the Holy Spirit to give him some insight. He goes into this room where the dictator and the armed guards are and speaks three or four words at which case the dictator clears the room and says how on earth did you know those words and they were like the code words for something the dictator was going to do in his country and out of that came an ability to share the love of a father to a dictator and that example I'm just trying to show you how you know what we think about the person can impact upon our desire to prophesy over them. And we'd be encouraged, you know, learn from the Holy Spirit, learn what he's saying, what he's doing, okay? Um, how not to prophesy? We would prefer you not to use words like, God said, or, you know, another phrase, thus says the Lord. And, and the reason why we'd encourage you not to is, if you were prophesying over me and you said, Thus says the Lord, Alan, I'd have no wriggle room to disagree with you because you've just told me God has spoken, just like you were trying to say, Timon, you want the real word from God. Well, hang on a minute. If God's saying what you've just said to me, then I can't say, I disagree with you because it's God who's speaking. I, I can't go, Paula, what do you think of that word? Because God's spoken, somehow or other I've just got to accept what you said. So we would prefer you not to use phrases like that. We would prefer you to use phrases like, 
I have an impression that God might be saying. I feel something like. I have a picture, and this might mean. And it gives me room to go, nah, you got it wrong. <laughs> or it gives Paul a room to go, I think it's right, Alan. Do you, do you understand what we're trying to say? So try and use those uh, feeling sort of words when you're prophesying over people. You know, because we're encouraged in 1 Thessalonians 5.20 not to despise prophecy. Um, and when you have a prophetic culture like we have in our church and like we're trying to develop within you, sometimes you will get inaccurate prophecies. And you've, you've got to accept that you will give inaccurate prophecies. You've got to accept that sometimes you'll be off the wall. Because that's the only way you learn. If you were a child, you know, my granddaughter learning to speak, I don't tell her off because she can't say words properly. I just go, oh, that's wonderful, Emily, carry on. <laughs> you know, I encourage her to do more. Um, when they're riding their bike, Emily's just trying to learn to ride a bike, and incredibly, she manages to fall off a bike with stabilizers now, uh, and I just say, get back on, have another go. And it's the same with prophecy, and it's actually the same with any of the giftings of the Spirit of God. You practice, and therefore you've got to give yourself free, allow yourself this ability to get it wrong, right? To not be 100% accurate. And if, you, if we as a group of people are willing to pick the gold out of the prophecy and not throw it away because oh, 5% of it wasn't accurate, then we're going to grow as a culture. Okay. So we're also encouraged to test all things and hold fast to what is good. So in fact, when a prophecy is given, we are encouraged to test it. We're not supposed to just accept it as a, oh, yes, God's spoken, that's it. Then We're supposed to weigh it up. Um, so I'm encouraging you, don't say, thus says the Lord. No, have some way of expressing, I feel that God might be saying, I think this might be for you. Have a think about it. <laughs> Put that sort of expression, okay? So some hints now on taking risks on giving prophetic words and you notice I've put that word in risk because it is a risk you are going to speak some words to somebody and you're taking a risk that one that they're going to go oh I'm happy with that or two they're going to react to you you you've got to take a risk so the gift of prophecy can be defined as the supernatural ability to speak the mind of God for the future for the by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So you're speaking the mind of God to somebody by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So your relationship with the Holy Spirit is just key. And next week, next Wednesday I'm coming, we'll start on looking at our relationships with the Holy Spirit. And we'll start learning to respond to him. And uh, at, So far, up to now, you've got a, a lot of head knowledge We've got to start getting that into revelation inside you, willing to act on it, 
That's why I was asking you, have you learned how to minister prophetic word? We'll be starting to try and learn how to do that as we flow with Holy Spirit. Okay? Um, Prophecy can include any and all of the revelatory gifts of the Spirit. Okay? It speaks to men for their encouragement, strengthening, and comfort. So there's nothing there about how nasty you are. What a terrible person you are in the sight of God. And all those languages are not there. God is judging you. No, there's none of those things coming out of our mouths because you've got a loving father who's speaking to his loving children. Okay? But prophecy is also can convince 1 Corinthians 14.24. It can instruct 1 Corinthians 14.31. It can direct Acts 13.2. And it can predict Acts 27.10. So there's a whole mixture of things going on within prophetic words. Always use common language. I feel like God might be showing me something for you. That's a nice phrase. I'm getting a spiritual feeling. Does this mean anything to you? And by using phrases like that, we help the person respond or receive that word and judge it. We're called to connect the heart of God to his people. That's what we're doing in this wonderful gift. Sometimes we'll hear God in pictures. That's okay. It's like you're saying. You know, you're hearing me in a picture. But I would encourage you, don't just give a picture. Just don't go, I see a bicycle. It's like, okay. (laughs) You know, we'll learn how to minister that picture to somebody. Um, it's like an insight comes and it might just be that the pictures for you Timon for you to get an insight of a word that you're going to give to somebody else Okay. often you may feel like you're trying to catch up with God like you sense the presence of the Holy Spirit you're wanting to prophesy but you don't really know what's there another common thing is that you've just got a blank mind you know, nothing, you don't have anything And that doesn't mean that there's not a prophetic word. You have to live with this tension of not knowing everything, not knowing an insight from God, but still prophesying. And there's a lovely scripture in the Psalms which says, open your mouth and I will fill it. And it's that belief that when I start to speak, things like Paul and Rebecca have been encouraging you, which is like, uh, God loves you, uh, he sees that you're a great man of God. He is, you know, and you're starting to say the words that you think God would like to say here. That's uh, beginning to get you into the flow of the spirit, the flow of prophetic. And you then start to catch up on this flow. And your mind might be blank, but you begin to speak. And if Ivan and Isabel Allen were here, prophets from Toronto, they'd tell you, speak faster than your mind can think. Stop trying to work it out in your mind and just speak. If you try to work it out in your mind, sometimes you miss what God's doing because you're trying to, do you think that's right? Do you think I've got the right phrase here? Just start speaking. Sometimes God gives you enough to feel his presence. You know he's here. And then it's just go. Just do it. And, And if you're waiting to get it all perfectly correct, you don't start. Uh, within, uh, well, I don't want to be too um, picky, but within a lot of Pentecostal churches, 
It's I'm waiting for the sensation to come over me, the presence of the Holy Spirit, and then I can speak. But the truth is, God wants to speak all the time. You don't have to wait for this anointing. Just start speaking the word of God. Just start speaking. And as you start to speak, so that prophetic word comes. He loves to give you more as you take a risk. It's a strange thing that the Holy Spirit does. He like goes, go on, Tima, just try. And so Tima starts a few words, and then he'll give you more. That's the way it happens. So if you wait for it all to come, very rarely do you get it. All right? Um, as you take risks, as you start to see the presence of the Holy Spirit coming, as you start to speak the words and they, people start to respond and be encouraged by them, then actually we grow. Rebecca was just telling me this morning, she's just very encouraged with your ability to prophesy. She says she sees you growing and it's really encouraging. So when I tell you, well done, keep doing it, keep doing it. Okay, um, don't get in the way of trying to do this prophecy. Don't get chatty because you're nervous. Now, I take it that both of you aren't very vocal or chatty. You're not extroverts. Are you extroverts? Do you know what that word means? Yeah. Or are you introverted like me? Like to be on our own? Like to be quiet? I think I'm more extrovert. You're more extrovert? Okay. So do you like being around people? Do you like having lots of people around you? Yeah? Do you find yourself very chatty when there are all the people around? Do you like chatting to them? Yeah. Yeah? So you're going to have to be careful of that one because <laughs> when the nerves get you, you just talk. Talk, 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 talk. And just, just dial it down a bit, all right? And let some rest come in you as you're prophesying. Because the nerves, you might want to just talk, you know, oh, you look great. Doing these things, you're not really responding to the Spirit, okay? So become present in the fact that He is present here. Realize He's with you. Acknowledge that. Acknowledge His presence. Acknowledge that He wants to prophesy. He wants to speak words into their hearts. It's like Jesus stands here and He wants to tell the wonders that he has for a person. He wants to comfort them. He wants to share life with them. And you get that privilege to join in with that with people. Okay? Choose to be as clear and as kind and as normal as you can be. Try not to use Christian language if you can avoid it. You know, just speak, speak normally to somebody. Just as if you're chatting to them normally okay you don't have to do it like someone else so don't pretend that you have to do it like me or Paula or Rebecca you just do it the way you would just just be natural with it okay um, go after words of knowledge sometimes when you're prophesying you actually discover that you're actually having words of knowledge so say I was prophesying uh, over someone and I said uh, I see that you're uh, um, very artistic and they go yes I am I love painting 
Now, initially, I used to think that was part of uh, prophecy, but it really is word of, it's the combination of the prophetic and the word of knowledge working together. And I'm getting insights into your life, and I'm beginning to share those insights, those words of knowledge. And what do they do for the person receiving the word? It encourages them. Father God knows all about me. He knows I'm artistic. He knows I like painting. And the effect of that is that when the next part of that prophetic word comes, I'm more receptive to it. So look for words of knowledge. Ask the Holy Spirit, what do they like doing? What's their job? Where do they go? What registration number is their car? And say it. Um, don't think it's impossible. Uh, what's their name? Uh, what's their, how many children do they have? Or how many um, brothers and sisters do they have? Or which country do they come from? Get information, ask for information, and the Holy Spirit gives it. Um, registration numbers on cars, you might think, gosh, you know, that's really difficult to do. The truth is, it's all impossible for us. Get what I mean? It's all impossible. So we can then relax with a God that loves to do the impossible. Um, and you never know, you might be prophesying um, registration numbers to people. Uh, on the last school, Miriam um, came from a Lutheran background, a very traditional background, and uh, she had no experience with the Holy Spirit at all. By the end of the school, she was getting names of people, uh, conditions, you know, um, she had the name Barbara, she was in a hotel, the lady serving her at the table was called Barbara, she talked to Barbara, she had had this word that Barbara had uh, metal pins in her wrist, um, and the woman goes, oh, how did you know that? Well, because Holy Spirit knows everything, and, and Miriam was just getting in line with what Holy Spirit wanted to do was asking Holy Spirit to share information. And so words of knowledge and prophecy go together. Start expecting them, okay? John 17 says, um, Jesus prayed that you would encounter him and be one in relationship with him. So relationship with Jesus it's key to being able to prophesy or speak over people. You're in a relationship with Jesus, it's, and he's in relationship with them, and there's that response coming. And, you know, finally, for giving a prophetic word, it's practice, 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 practice. And when you've done all that practicing, practice again. So what do I mean by that? It, well, it's going to be your choice. You're here for five months when you get home to uh, 